Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi and welcome to this episode. Emily and I are going to be answering the question, do I need to have exactly what I'm craving? And the place that I want to start with this is by asking the question, who actually wins if we do engage with this thought? So who wins if we do conclude that you do have to have exactly what you're craving? And I think the direct thing that my mind jumps to is the really common occurrence of the eating disorder taking quite a innocent recovery suggestion and some advice which would work in a pro-recovery way and trying to really uh, use it to its own advantage and really in the action stage. So we need to look at cravings and the mental hunger aspect and that being a really important thing to do your best to honour. But as soon as it becomes a barrier in terms of uh, perhaps that item was not available or perhaps it's not to the exact uh, state that you immediately thought of it the result of not doing so is less recovery wise than doing something which is pretty close or as close as we can get yeah absolutely I think the main thing that comes up for me here is that pedestal of perfection which is caused by food being scarce you know when we go into an energy deprived state food because our bodies and brains perceive it as a scarce resource it goes up on a pedestal and there can absolutely be a tendency to take the wholly recovery orientated advice of honoring cravings listening to your hunger having what your body is asking for and then it be spun in a way that one meets the eating disorders requirements or desires but also very much can get twisted by simply your brain that is energy deprived where it is food is up on that pedestal and that maybe you have that that recognition of oh I really fancy a pizza and you think oh okay I want that and then instantly your brain starts going through all the different pizzas and it goes to that one that you remember from that thing that that's that's the one that's your favorite thing and you immediately start looking at right how can I can I when can I get us to there how can I get that and it's that whole process and I think there's two things here one it is perfectly reasonable to have a favor of something it is perfectly totally wonderfully normal to have a place that is your favorite kind of pizza place and that you who's in recovery and thinks I really want a pizza and that that's the place that your brain settles that you go you know what I'm gonna make a we're gonna go there but it's also really important you recognize that in the moment that you are in your body is asking for a pizza and so what needs to happen is that you can one Make that plan. You can send a message to a friend, send a message to a family member and say, you know what, we're going to go to that place. I really fancy that. That'd be really great. And you go in that moment and you honor the fact that one, your body's asking for a pizza, but more importantly, your body's hungry. And so the you who maybe goes to your fridge and opens it, if there's a pizza in there, you whack that in the oven. You get that happening. If there's not a pizza in there, that is also not a point at which you go, oh dear, there is not. I will just have to go. No, you have to recognize right in that moment you are hungry. 
So maybe this is something that you send a message to your mum and say, you know, oh, could you or, you or your partner or somebody and say, could you grab a pizza in the shop on the way back? I fancy that later. But you also have to recognise right in that moment you need to honour the hunger that is right then and there. And like Han was just saying, the alternative in that setting is the you that's gone. One of these two things would both be eating disorder more aligned. One, that you recognise that thought and go immediately to that ideal place and then start going, right, OK, so Thursday evening, I'm going to go with a friend and we're going to go to that place. And it gets neatly bundled up in a package right over there because that's the perfect thing. Or... You recognise you want that pizza, but you go to your fridge and then you think, oh, no, there isn't one here right now. So I will now wait. I will get that to be brought in and I'll wait until that's back and then I will have it. Both of those in some way appease the eating disorder. And so I think it's really important to, yes, listen to your cravings, but also look at how you can be dismantling that pedestal of perfection and doing the opposite of what the eating disorder wants in that setting. Yeah, for sure. And and that pizza example really speaks to me and uh, occasions in my own recovery, specifically one that that jumps out is um, a chocolate bar, a very, very similar occasion where a big shop was just done and there was lots and lots of food in the house. But I think online I'd seen some some new chocolate bar that had came out and there was so much in the cupboards. But I, I remember very stubbornly kind of saying how how. I'm very much insisting how that was the chocolate bar that I wanted. And I think it came out in a really kind of supercilious way that nothing else would match up to it and nothing mm-hmm. else would be in any way comparable. And in doing so, I, if, if I look at it with reflection, I, I restricted chocolate at that time because it wasn't to the the degree of perfection and on that pedestal exactly as you say that um my my head was demanding but in reality we look at it and we say that the eating disorder was kind of allowing to be the the only possible suggestion Mm. and I think this is where it really fits in with a wider concept that is so common in recovery and a really big trap to um ensure that you you stay out of it's this all or nothing mindset it has to be absolutely perfect or it's not happening at all that type of attitude and I think it's so so common for the eating disorder to twist recovery advice and the intentions that you make it's real advantage to the point where actually you fail to do anything at all just because you can't get to the kind of nth degree of perfection and that can happen in kind of recovery actions generally or, or it can happen in more specific occasions so I really think looking at this idea of what's the the closest that I can get and also taking the perspective of the worst possible outcome here is me not having anything at all because after after all any food that you're intaking any level of met hunger is going to be a positive outcome for your recovery and as soon as you can you can make the provisions to go and get that that kind of exact thing but it's really important to act in this moment and the now and really set yourself up for that immediate nourishment because uh, just as Emily said there your body is asking for food and maybe quite specific food because you're hungry yeah absolutely and I think what you've said there about the all or nothing that kind of black and white thinking is is really important and I think it's also important I want anyone who's listening to this to hear loud and clear we're not saying that it's not okay to have no wait is that the wrong number of negatives I always get I always (laughs) get that wrong we're not saying 
that it's not okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Not saying that it's not okay to have cravings, to have things that are your favorites, to have a version of something that you really like, to have a chocolate bar that's, that is perfectly normal and natural, both in recovery and way beyond it, and totally aside from an eating disorder recovery. But the truth is, is that what is also really, really normal and natural is not having food on a pedestal of perfection. Actually just being able to be free and easy to eat whatever is in the fridge when you open the door, to go to a place and to order something and it not really be exactly what you fancied or what you'd kind of expected, but you just get on and have it because the queue's really long and you can't be bothered to go back and it's not the end of the world. Now, much of this is impacted significantly in a positive way by you doing the work of nutritionally rehabilitating as i said earlier a big part of this pedestal of perfection is the fact that you are in an energy deprived state but this is also a very important area for neural rewiring the truth is if you have been acting for any period of time as if food needs to be perfect in order for you to have it then you have to do the opposite in order to rewire that neural network and that very much means forcing yourself to have things that are imperfect we're not saying you can't listen to the things that you're craving and have the things that are your favorites absolutely you have that but this is an and not or setting and you also need to be challenging and dismantling that pedestal of perfection with opposite actions yeah for sure and i think it's it's just so essential to recognize how both considerations are always part of our discussion here there is the aspect of how the food is going to help you nourish and and feel mentally more uh, stabilized in the moment not kind of at that that knife edge uh, where decisions are more difficult but from that longer term perspective of neural rewiring and really learning and and the unlearning processes that are so involved and I really like how you mentioned the kind of um, post-recovery normality too Mm -hmm. normal eating is based on other things than just pure preference and I again want to very much echo how having food preferences is absolutely normal absolutely okay and actually a wonderful part of having a free relationship with food I certainly have big preferences and um, I, I feel very kind of um at peace with the fact that I do love specific foods a lot but I also think and can reflect on how a lot of my food choices are also based on things like convenience are also based on logistics and kind of my my schedule and things so my nearest um that I have a favorite sandwich shop which unfortunately is about 45 minutes away if I get to um I don't know around lunchtime and I start thinking oh gosh I I fancy that that particular sandwich I can cobble together a very very similar version at home I can get uh, a, a good way there no it may not be at the level of of sandwich that that um that one is that 45 minute driveway but sometimes my um schedule just doesn't allow for it and it's one of those things that i think feels difficult to almost um grasp in recovery how how you can kind of um that could not be a restrictive choice or it wouldn't feel uh, that you are hard done by by not doing so. But it also comes very much, as Emily said just then, of being in an um, energy balanced state. That, that sandwich that I have at home and I self-prepare, it's one sandwich amongst millions of sandwiches that I know I have permission for. So it doesn't feel as though I am 
kind of uh, losing out when I'm honoring that hunger that I have and getting somewhere near uh, exactly what I want. We just have to look at when we are in recovery, whether some of those side steps of getting what you truly want are um, compromising your ability to be doing recovery wise things. So if it's missing out a few ingredients, if it's kind of giving you the control over your food rather than someone else preparing it for you, it's it's really just essential to be checking in with the intentions behind getting too close to it and having to have that exact thing or the alternative not getting close enough and that being a restrictive mechanism yeah no absolutely 100% i'm just not just nodding along um i feel like it's really important as well i want to just make reference to an example where i think it can often come to the fore that pedestal of perfection and that is for example you're out with a friend and they make a suggestion that they'd like to go and get some ice cream and then there is that moment of sort of oh um, okay and then you choose you think yes I'm going to do the recovery thing right now I am going to get ice cream and the next behavior that comes to the fore is a desire to look online and to search for the local place or the nearest place to you with the best ice cream and to make sure that if you're going to do it it's going to be exactly the kind of one that is your favorite and this is kind of very similar to this concept of you know having the thing exactly that you are craving it's kind of the reverse of that of if you are going to have something again it's it's got to be the perfect thing and I think what's really important here is to remember when you go into recovery you are carrying with you your food scarcity mode brain. And that means that it will naturally imply and apply disorder-driven behaviours or scarcity-driven behaviours, should I say, to your recovery intentions. Now, what I mean by that is where we were saying that a food-scarce brain will put food on a pedestal, that's a biologically-driven response And when you go into recovery, that you that is carving forward and saying, right, yeah, I'm going to have the ice cream. I'm going to do that. It can be a very knee jerk response to notice yourself or to start feeling pulled to find the best version, just in the same way that if you notice that you're you're thinking, oh, I'd like some chocolate. It can actually be a very biologically driven response to be right. What would be the best chocolate in this moment? That one thing, because your brain is still in food scarcity mode. It's doing that knee jerk thing that it thinks is relevant to the environment you're in. And so holding that whilst recognizing that you need to do the opposite, you need to challenge this, you need to show your brain through your actions that food is abundantly available. And in these kind of settings with the chocolate example, that is going to mean, yes, you can make space for the fact that, right, next time I go shop, I am going to get that one because that's that sounds really good to me right now. But going to the cupboards and opening things and, thing, and just looking at whatever it is that you've got and eating the very next thing that is right there in front of you that's as close to chocolate as you can get it, and in the setting with the, the friend with the ice cream, it's actually, you know, putting your phone away and saying to your friend, you pick, you know, challenging yourself to say, no, actually, you pick where we're going to go. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to rewire this need for things to be perfect. And I think that's a really important thing to remember as you're navigating this particular sort of element of the recovery process. Absolutely. As always, I, I couldn't agree anymore. I would say that the final thing that I wanted to just bring here is that that concept which we always try to bring up. If something in recovery seems 
extremely complicated it's very mm. very likely that the eating disorder is getting its foot in and and having its say there so if you are coming to this decision where should I or shouldn't I eat because uh, it's not quite the the right thing it's not kind of ticking all of the the kind of um, prerequisites it's probably because the eating disorder has some sort of judgment opinion or whatever going on as as well so as long as you are ensuring that the food that you are having which is as close to the thing you can you can get to is um, abundant and energy dense it's never going to be the wrong thing to do to just start with something and then attempt to arrange for getting yourself um, the provisions that you maybe truly want deep down and I think uh, just recognizing that it really does suit the eating disorder if if the um, conclusion we make from this is, yes, you do have to have everything you're, you're craving. It can lead to arguments with people who have bought something similar. It can lead, lead to kind of a lack of fuel being intaken. It is only the eating disorder who um, benefits from the uh, this, this requirement for food to have to be absolutely spot on with what your mental hunger is asking for. Yeah. Absolutely that. And I would just add, in short, listen to what your body is asking for. Honour your hunger. It's perfectly right and proper that your body has very likely got very specific cravings and is wanting specific things. Listen to that. Honour that. You have unconditional permission to do so. And simultaneously challenge that pedestal of perfection challenge where the eating disorder uses that as a way to try and drive and manipulate for restriction eat the things that are imperfect say yes to the thing that's offered to you that you don't really fancy have the cake and coffee with the friend even though you've just had cake at home and it's not even really the kind of cake you like and it looks a bit dry eat the pizza that's a bit crusty and not this and it's a bit that do the things that dismantle that pedestal of perfection because that is such an important part of the recovery journey absolutely thank you very much for listening today if anyone does have a few spare moments to leave emily and i a review on uh, the podcast apps whichever you listen to uh, we'd be really grateful for that Uh, but as always thank you for tuning in and we look forward to recording again next week Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.